What's going on, everybody? My name is Isaac Hongos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. In this podcast, I still don't have a mic that's really good, so sorry about the clipping. And let's talk about YouTube being down, why I still think it'll be the most successful video platform out there, despite a lot of competitors. And um, now it's trying to compete with Patreon. And we're going to also talk about the book Thirst and why I think our generation or my generation is a bunch of highlight makers and not storytellers. So first and foremost, you know, YouTube was down for like 30, 40 minutes and uh, it was hell. I mean, (laughs) I tweeted about it, you know, it's just a new algorithm change that's going on. And uh, yeah, it got quite a bit of a buzz. I felt pretty cool there. Got a lot of attention on Twitter. Um, But I just want to talk about why, even though, you know, YouTube has a bunch more competition, you know, we have our Facebook video, our IGTV, which we're going to talk about in a bit, our Amazon Prime, our Netflix, um, it's still going to be the most successful Uh, out there and I'm only going to cover like a few topics and a few reasons why I think it'll be the most you know the most successful you know you I I think IGTV I asked around uh, you know I I made a little poll on Instagram and I feel like I have a pretty good base amount of data Um, around like 1100 followers I believe I don't know you know who who counts who counts anyways but you know like 90% 90% of people said that they don't even bother to watch on Instagram TV. And I found that really interesting just because, you know, everybody's spending their time on Instagram. It's probably like, you know, top five most downloaded applications out on the market. And despite that, it doesn't have, it's another, it's another notification that uh, my tweet got retweeted about YouTube down. Even despite that, um, it can bring in the audience. And, you know, you have other competitors, you know, you have Amazon Prime uh, video, and you have Netflix, but I think that's a very different realm just because, you know, they're, they're long form content. And although YouTube really wor- rewards that, it's still, and it, it rewards it greatly. I mean, I've talked about the Shane documentary last week and how that was being pushed to number one. But I just think overall, people, some people are looking for short form content. You know, I've talked about tech reviewers. They have to be short, sweet, and to the punch. That's why like uh, MKBHD or, or TLD or, you know, all these big tech YouTubers are so effective because you're not trying to waste time. And Amazon video, Amazon, you know, you know what I'm saying? Amazon's platform doesn't really do that. It's still a very high scale production with multiple layers of uh of individuals who have to constantly approve a product and you know youtube like casey neistat says is there there are no more of these barriers there's no more person at the gate and i think that's one of the more uh attractive features that really brings in the younger audiences to that and that's why it's so successful it's the younger individuals who really utilize the technology that are willing to do this even and I, th- and I think it's because they grew it so organically um, and that just kind of moves me to my second point which is Twitch is honestly the best competitor to YouTube now that seems a little bit odd and 
you know, sorry, you, you can probably hear my mouse clicking. That's just me moving over the articles that I'm gonna be sharing. But Twitch is such a interesting anomaly. You know, I don't, and I think it's because Twitch never set out to beat out YouTube in any way. And if you know you're a Twitch streamer or you're very big on Twitch, let me know because I don't because it doesn't feel like they ever wanted to compete. Um, although YouTube did have this sort of live feature. Um, I don't feel like it was ever implemented correctly and they never pushed on the gamers too much. You know, it's a very niche audience that these people are going to. And, you know, I've watched a few live streams, but they just seem so organic. And, you know, Ninja, he said it, like, it's a completely different tone, sort of like, it's a different skill, you know, when you're editing, like a, like when you're editing and you kind of have, and you're like, you kind of have control of the narrative fully. When you're live streaming, you gotta be like high energy all the time, and and it's very noticeable if you're not always high energy. He talked about, I believe, like Logan or Jake Paul, who did their first live stream, and you could see that they're not always very like high energy. And you know, he's number one. I'm gonna take his word for it, and it's true. It's a completely different set of skills, and it's a different medium. It's still video, and what makes it more interesting, it's always been a very long form 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 format <laughs> that make, that is, that's not a complete english sentence but you know it's it's long form it keeps people entertained you can watch multiple rounds and the way that twitch has been set up to give people money i think it's been very well taken not only that but whenever they messed up i, I remember a few like a few months ago they messed up or it was like a year a year and a half ago they messed up with like, okay, we're gonna switch up the model, um, and or was it Patreon? It was either Patreon or Twitch. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, there's a lot of information I'm gonna be throwing out here, but they they they're like, okay, we changed the model. People were uh, people were pissed, you know. They're like, okay, we're gonna give people less money, and people I believe revolted against that, and you know they completely changed it back, and they listened to their audience, which is you know. It's important, and YouTube does not do that. And, and you know, it just, it just, it is what it is. And YouTube is so massive, and it's had so much like back history that at some point you kind of just get used to it. And I'm not saying like, yo, like YouTube should be doing this just because they have a bunch of money, but um, there is absolutely no way that uh, YouTube should be allowed to do this. You know, like. Or any company because the content creators are the most important people who are who are gonna make you the money and if you don't keep them happy that they're gonna flock um, and, I, and I've seen some people flock to twitch but it's, again it's a very different set of skills and I don't think uh, it's like very replicable replicable replic- you, you get what I'm saying like you can't replicate that high energy like I've seen a few of Ninja's games, he's like, whoa, he's like on the dot, he's entertaining, and there's a reason he's number one, but I think it's very difficult to replicate it, and if corporations and, you know, and sponsors want to go and make like a Jake Paul or a Logan Paul or a Casey Neistat, like the next big streamer, I don't think it's the same skills, and I said this from editing because there's a lot of awkward moments when I edit, and I'm just like, <laughs> if I did this and I put this out there, it'd be a little weird, so 
again, different set of skills. And um, kind of just moving on to the next thing, which is I was trying to watch this like BTS of Jonathan Morrison's video on how he made, um, I think it was how he made the iPhone um, video and a pop-up came up and it said become a member of my channel and get exclusive perks and it said a badge in comments and live chats that gets more exclusive the longer you're a member plus the access to any perks i may offer an update to this time um to, from time to time and here his package includes a cinematography breakdown and behind the scenes and it is 4.99 a month now this is interesting because I think they've been now YouTube is going into this arena where where um, you know it's trying to compete with other competitors and give exclusive content you know you have your YouTube music your YouTube red your at this point it might as well call it red tube I mean there's so many options for YouTube that it's ridiculous and I think now they're going against patreon and again patreon said as to why I want to work for Jack Conti and, and Patreon and he never responded so I'm very sad but this is their way of competing with Patreon and you know this is the first time I saw it and I got I'm like okay this is cool this is a little cool it's a little bit cheaper than $4.99 a month it doesn't I don't I haven't seen any more of these but I wonder if there's going to be like different tiers and you're going to be able to sell gear and and the advantage to you know having YouTube like you already have your audience your audience isn't gonna flock somewhere else so it's a form of retaining people back on YouTube and they're owned by Google so they're they obviously have money to bleed out of anywhere they want to it's whatever their choice of bleeding is they can they're able to do that I mean that's what Amazon did for a very long time when they were selling books you know they were not making any revenue on their books and that's how they destroyed the book market that's why so many Barnes and Nobles and what was the little Barnes and Nobles and see I get all dramatic and then I forget um, but Barnes and Nobles shut down and what else shut down it was like a bunch of mom-and-pop shops also shut down which I mean that's and you know I'm, I'm getting tongue-tied because it's a very interesting situation where someone has so much money and Patreon has been there and they do listen to their audience like Patreon and you know Jack Conti has been up with Casey Neistat and talked about a commission between 368 and um, and Patreon and to be honest like I don't like I love YouTube and I think it's really great I mean we all panicked because YouTube shut down like 30 40 minutes ago but the it's not organic and Patreon is all about the creator and all about how they can make money in the new digital age. And Jack Conti is a, someone that I see his vision, but and he's an individual and obviously has a team and he has a whole bunch of probably ideas. But this doesn't seem organic to me. And it's just like, okay, you're just trying to compete and you have money and you're able to do this. And okay, that's cool. But why? Like, what is the message? What is, why do you care? Like at the end of the day, YouTube is a massive, you know, competitor and a massive corporation. I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, Patreon doesn't want to make money. Obviously they want to make money, but Jack Conti has a vision and I believe in that vision. And 
again, this might be another YouTube, I was about to call it RedTube, <laughs> another, uh, you know, it might just be another YouTube, uh, YouTube exclusive where eh, like a portion is like, oh yeah, this is kind of cool and kind of worth it, but it's not going to be the original. It's not going to be a Twitch. Again, that's why some of these, um, that's why Twitch and Patreon kind of stand alone. And even though you might create like a replicable um, image or a replicable item or service, it's not the original. Um, and that's that's what I'm kind of saying. Like when it comes to YouTube being down, they are the first organic place where content creators are kind of given this opportunity to make money from their products and their content. Hopefully that, that made sense. Um, but now we're gonna move on to um, we're gonna save the harsh topic, which is highlight makers are I mean, we're not highlight. We're not my generation is a bunch of highlight makers And not storytellers, but right now we're gonna talk about the broke thirst because Scott Harrison if you're listening What's up, man? You're very inspirational um, So so we're gonna talk about the book thirst by Scott Harrison right now and um, you know, I, I, this is a book that um, <laughs> the reason I bought it was because um he tweeted at me, and I'm all like, I, I tweeted Casey Neistat, he didn't respond. Casey, you didn't respond? You know, if you're ever listening to this in the future, like in five years, like this would be weird because I'm throwing shade right now. But anyways, I'm all like, do any of the proceeds go to Charity Water? And he's like, and then he, and like the CEO of Charity Water is like, yeah, 100% of the proceeds go to Charity Water. And I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. And then he's like, yeah, send the receipt to, um, I forgot, but you can look at the tweet. The twit, tweet. Uh, I'll put it down below this uh, this announcement. And okay, I'll, I'm like, I'll buy it. And it is a book that I have not been able to put down. I've read a lot of autobiographies on my boy Elon and you know and Rich Roll. And this is this is a really impactful, amazing sort of a story of redemption and really taking that when 180 degree turn and showing that like giving is a gift and you know it's you know I'm not so like let's start off with something that I didn't think I was going to enjoy so much and it's kind of like a talk about like religion and faith I'm like okay he's gonna um, you know when he first mentioned that they were a very Christian family and you know I'm not the biggest like oh like I'm super like religious and stuff but um, the way he portrayed his faith and his religion and how it brought him up and how it raised and you know he was sort of this young boy who was like the good good goody goody boy um, I think the way that he interpreted his faith and kind of puts it into the book is something that I really want to pay attention to and it's vital and he puts it in a way where it is like oh wow this is something really gorgeous and organic and I can see why you always draw back to this. And I really enjoy that part about the book. You know, it just shows the power of a good book, kind of changing a perception about someone and really Charity Water's mission statement of bringing clean water to everybody. I made a, a YouTube video um, talking about, you know, the powerful images before I even read the book. And it just kind of shows the power of photography. Uh, you know, you can you can check it out on my YouTube. It's it was really crazy because I also talked to Chase Jarvis that day and it was just two great things kind of lining themselves up, you know, rejection and how do you make that 180 
and two stories that really caught my attention. You know, the, the whole book, I haven't been able to put it down. I, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my God, this is like 350 pages, but I've been entertained every single page, every single moment to me has been organic. It's been like a true story. And this, and this, and this book is just like, wow, it's anybody can do anything that they set their mind to with a little faith. And um, there were two stories that uh, really caught my attention. Um, as always, reading the book, which was uh, Rachel's last fundraiser, you know, a, a nine-year-old who wanted to give um, her ninth birthday to ch- to Charity Water. And, you know, she I believe she wanted to raise $300, came 220 and uh, came short, you know. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're probably disappointed when you come up short and you don't know how to deal with failure. And, you know, like a, like a month later... You know, she passed away in a car accident and individuals, you know, saw that her last wish was to give money to charity water. So others, you know, kids wouldn't start, they wouldn't, you know, drink this water, this really, like, water that you wouldn't feed your dog, like, make your dog drink, you know, and it, uh, and she raised over a million dollars and it was like this really crazy story and she's very remembered in all these villages and that story was really impactful and it, it, I'm just like wow there is it's all a bunch of small acts of kindness that really come together and bring forth change um, and then there's there's this there's this uh, donation during someone else's birthday which says an 89 year old woman named Nona asked her friends to pony up $89 saying she wanted to help people in Africa celebrate as many birthdays as she had and you know I, I, I really think that's that really made me think a lot about yeah it's true we on our birthdays we get random stuff that we're probably not gonna you know buy or I mean use or spend like what do you, like I talk about this during the video about how you know we all we already have so much stuff and we live in the top one percent of the world and it was you know to see to read these books and to read these letters and to see a stop process um, and really see the struggle of what it means to really give 100% of your proceeds and nearly going bankrupt and you know it's you think that these charities it, it changed my view on charities too I'm just like wow charities like you said people are skeptical about charities and I'm just like yeah I'm pretty skeptical about it but to see someone basically like try to pull their hair out trying to keep this one having like you know 89k I believe like a hundred it was a lot of money basically and having a second account to raise money and to have like overhead which means like all the payments all the payroll your checks basically to separate them to go bankrupt with money in the bank that's just like that takes a lot of integrity and a lot of dedication and I like personally as someone that's you know like trying to do this thing and being a content creator and you know trying to make a living off of this I can learn a lot from that you know it's there's gonna be times where you're gonna get you're gonna clock out or it's gonna clock out and then like just as much faith as you have in your art you should have faith in like God karma and the forces of the universe right and you know there's it's like a story about not giving up too and really when I'm pretty young and you know this guy had it all and I think a lot of you know 
males my age would like to have his life and party it up, but to be spiritually broken, and I don't mean that in like a religious way, I mean that in a, you know, you're, you're, you, you feel like a piece of shit, you know, like a, like a piece of shit, and if you felt like that, I think a lot of us would be stuck in saying that it's very impossible for us to make that 180, but this go this dude sold everything and like broke a lease a month off before so it's like I've, I've not been able to put down in a week i've had i have other books to read obviously because i'm super intelligent i graduated college today and uh and um it's just a book that i don't think your political views will matter it's a book for every color creed race you know and it's it's a book that i think will benefit anybody that reads it and um I'm super happy that I bought it. So, and it's great that it made it the New York Times bestseller list. And I think it deserves all the praise and more. You know, as someone that's, that, <laughs> that, uh, that just graduated college, it is definitely a lifter. And I, I think it's a book that I'm gonna keep for a very long time. I'm not, I don't plan on setting it down. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to do my own part for uh, Charity Water because uh, I applied for a few jobs. So, <laughs> Scott, if you're, uh, if you're hearing this, um, there's very few CEOs that I really, really respect that have shown that mark, like Elon Musk and Jack Conti and Casey Neistat and who really put all their values and when, when they're about to clock out, that's when miracles happen. And uh, yeah, you know, really awesome story. Read it, would highly suggest it give it a 10 out of 10 um but yeah okay now we're gonna move on to why my generation is a bunch of highlight makers and not storytellers and i i feel like i talk quite a bit sorry if you hear that ding it's just making sure that uh my phone doesn't go on standby like i said I'm, i i don't think i said it in my last podcast but i'm gonna try to invest in some really nice mics so i can so this just like the quality sounds a lot better um not only that, you can probably hear stuff in the background. I have like a blanket over me, so I can't, so like there's less echo and stuff. But um, I just want to talk about this because I've been trying to sort of create this story. And the word, like I said, the word story is overutilized by marketers and people and individuals who don't really tell a story they tell highlights. And I think that's very representative of our time um, with social media. You know, you only show the highlight. You only show the good stuff. You only show when you're having a good time, when, you know, you've reached this level of success, but you don't tell the struggle that comes along with it. And I say this because most videos are super simple to make. You put a song, you do some fancy transitions, and you show the good stuff and the most wild times. And to me, that's, that's not a story like there's no development there's no beginning middle and end there's no you know there's a struggle here there's a struggle there and i really don't like that people use the word story when they're not tell they're, they're telling the highlight it's just something that really bugs me because a story is something that's precious a story is something that's passed down from generation to generation that's told and people awe and wonder and you know like like a big scale production like Forrest Gump, you know, you, you wonder how this movie was made and how it took so long to make and, you know, you think about all the moving parts that it needs to be cohesive, to grab your attention for those two hours and our generation's so used to 
And when I say our generation, I mean my millennials, like, we're so used to this three to four minute clip that has no narrative, that has no, you know, impactful impact on society, that has no individual who's important to the world that nobody has heard about. And, you know, just a bunch of, you know, upbeat music. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making highlights. It just, it's just boring. It's just annoying. It's just something that I don't find to be, you know, um, um, really entertaining. Like I've, I've seen so many, I've seen the exact same transition, the exact same uh, scribble, the same wiggle effect. It's, it's like, I, like at some, like there's a saying that you got to play, like you got to play, like um, there's a saying you got to play like others before you can play your, like yourself. And I don't mean you got to play yourself. Like, at the, but at some point, you know, and it, it's, it was something that I've learned over six years of making photos and, you know, like three years of making videos is that it's true. Like at some point you can't copy the same transition. You can't try to copy the same color grade. And at what point is it art and what play, at what point is it replication? And highlights with the exact same movement, transition, gear, um, you know, just... It's just, you know, it's just a cookie cutter form. And I, I really challenge, I'm, I'm challenging myself to not only create something short, but something that will grab people's attention. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just not entertained anymore. Like, to some extent, highlights are boring. Like, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I wanna see a struggle. I wanna see people overcome that struggle and grasp me and tell me why this is important to humanity. Um, but, Really, that that was kind of my rant. I did. I really don't have too much to say. Um, but that's it. For, I've been rambling on for like 26 minutes, and hopefully this time it uploads because, you know, I just I complain a lot about the anchor and user interface because it should be prettier. I mean, an entire video about. I don't think I. I don't think I was really too much too bothered with it. Um, but yeah, like oh man, it's just like some points I'm like, have I. Has this been uploaded? And has this been... I don't know, man. This just gotta make it look prettier. I don't think... I don't know. Maybe because I thought it was a fresh look. But it's just gonna be like... You know, Anchor, if you're listening to this... Just... Um, try to make your user interface a little bit better. Because there's been like multiple times... Where I've recorded like a 30 minute podcast. And then I delete it by accident. And it's because you guys keep on switching everything up. But... Um, yeah, that's it. That's all, you know, um, if I could tell you one thing is, you know, go and buy the book Thirst by, um, by Scott Harrison. Um, and yeah, let, let, let me know what y'all think. It's all the proceeds go to Charity Water and it is a great foundation. 100% of the proceeds go. I'm not getting paid to say this. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Ozzy Hongos, and I'll catch you in the next one. What's going on, everybody? My name is Ozzy Hongos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. In this podcast, I still don't have a mic that's really good, so sorry about the clipping. And let's talk about YouTube being down 
why I still think it'll be the most successful video platform out there, despite a lot of competitors. And um, now it's trying to compete with Patreon. And we're going to also talk about the book Thirst and why I think our generation or my generation is a bunch of highlight makers and not storytellers. So first and foremost, you know, YouTube was down for like 30, 40 minutes and uh, it was hell. I mean, (laughs) I tweeted about it, you know, it's just a new algorithm change that's going on. And uh, yeah, I got quite a bit of a buzz. I felt pretty cool there. Got a lot of attention on Twitter. Um, But I just want to talk about why even though, you know, YouTube has a bunch more competition, you know, we have our Facebook video, our IGTV, which we're going to talk about in a bit, our Amazon Prime, our Netflix, um, it's still going to be the most successful uh, out there. And I'm only going to cover like a few topics and a few reasons why I think it'll be the most, you know, the most successful, you know, you, I, I think IGTV, I asked around uh you know I, I made a little poll on instagram and i feel like i have a pretty good base amount of data um around like 1100 followers i believe i don't know you know who, who counts who counts anyways but you know like 90 percent of people said that they don't even bother to watch on instagram tv and i found that really interesting just because you know everybody's spending their time on instagram it's probably like you know, top five most downloaded applications out on the market. And despite that, it doesn't have, it's another, it's another notification that uh, my tweet got retweeted by YouTube down. Even despite that, um, it can bring in the audience. And, you know, you have other competitors, you know, you have Amazon Prime uh, video, you have Netflix, but I think that's a very different realm just because you know, they're, they're long-form content, and although YouTube really wor- rewards that, it's still, and it, it, it rewards it greatly. I mean, they've talked about the Shane documentary last week and how that was being pushed to number one, but I just think overall, people, some people are looking for short-form content. You know, I've talked about tech reviewers. They have to be short, sweet, and to the punch. That's why, like, uh, MKBHD or or TLD or you know all these big tech YouTubers are so effective because you're not trying to waste time and Amazon video Amazon you know you know what I'm saying Amazon's platform doesn't really do that it's still a very high scale production with multiple layers of uh, of individuals who have to constantly approve a product and you know YouTube like Casey Neistat says is there, there are no more of these barriers. There's no more person at the gate. And I think that's one of the more uh, attractive features that really brings in the younger audiences to that. And that's why it's so successful. It's the younger individuals who really utilize the technology that are willing to do this. Even, and I, th- and I think it's because they grew it so organically. Um, and that just kind of moves me to my second point, which is Twitch is honestly the best competitor to YouTube. Now, that seems a little bit odd. And, you know, sorry, you you can probably hear my mouse clicking. That's just me moving over the articles that I'm going to be sharing. But Twitch is such an interesting anomaly. You know, I don't, 
and I think it's because Twitch never set out to beat out YouTube in any way. And if you know you're a Twitch streamer or you're very big on Twitch, let me know because I don't because it didn't feel like they ever wanted to compete. Um, although YouTube did have this sort of live feature, um, I don't feel like it was ever implemented correctly. And they never pushed on the gamers too much. You know, it's a very niche audience that these people are going to. And, you know, I've watched a few live streams, but they just seem so organic. And, you know, Ninja, he said it, like, it's a completely different tone. Sort of like, it's a different skill, you know, when you're editing, like a, like when you're editing and you kind of have, and you're like, you kind of have control of the narrative fully. When you're live streaming, you gotta be like high energy all the time, and and it's very noticeable if you're not always high energy. He talked about, I believe, like Logan or Jake Paul, who did their first live stream, and you could see that they're not always very like high energy. And you know, he's number one. I'm gonna take his word for it, and it's true. It's a completely different set of skills, and it's a different medium. It's still video, and what makes it more interesting, it's always been a very long form 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 format <laughs> that make, that is, that's not a complete english sentence but you know it's it's long form it keeps people entertained you can watch multiple rounds and the way that twitch has been set up to give people money i think it's been very well taken not only that but whenever they messed up i, I remember a few like a few months ago they messed up or was it like a year a year and a half ago they messed up with like, okay, we're gonna switch up the model, um, and or was it Patreon? It was either Patreon or Twitch. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, there's a lot of information I'm gonna be throwing out here, but they they they're like, okay, we changed the model. People were uh, people were pissed, you know. They're like, okay, we're gonna give people less money, and people I believe revolted against that, and you know they completely changed it back, and they listened to their audience, which is you know it's important and YouTube does not do that and, and you know it just it just it is what it is and YouTube is so massive and it's had so much like backed history that at some point you kind of just get used to it and I'm not saying like yo like YouTube should be doing this just because I have a bunch of money but um, there is absolutely no way that uh, YouTube should be allowed to do this you know like or any company because the content creators are the most important people who are who are gonna make you the money and if you don't keep them happy that they're gonna flock um, and, I, and I've seen some people flock to twitch but it, it's, again it's a very different set of skills and I don't think uh, it's like very replicable replicable you, you get what I'm saying like you can't replicate that high energy like I've seen a few of Ninja's games, he's like, whoa, he's like on the dot, he's entertaining, and there's a reason he's number one, but I think it's very difficult to replicate it, and if corporations and, you know, and sponsors want to go and make like a Jake Paul or a Logan Paul or a Casey Neistat, like the next big streamer, I don't think it's the same skills, and I say this from editing because there's a lot of awkward moments when I edit, and I'm just like, <laughs> if I did this and I put this out there, it'd be a little weird, so Again, different set of skills. And um, kind of just moving on to the next thing, which is I was trying to watch this like BTS of 
Jonathan Morrison's video on how he made, um, I think it was how he made the iPhone um, video and a pop-up came up and it said, become a member of my channel and get exclusive perks. And it said, a badge in comments and live chats that gets more exclusive the longer you're a member. Plus the access to any perks I may offer an update to this time, um, to, from time to time. And here his package includes a cinematography breakdown and behind the scenes, and it is $4.99 a month. Now, this is interesting because I think they've been, now YouTube is going into this arena where, where um, you know, it's trying to compete with other competitors and give exclusive content. You know, you have your YouTube music, your YouTube red, your, at this point it might as well call it red tube. I mean, there's so many options for YouTube that it's ridiculous. And I think now they're going against Patreon. And again, Patreon, I said as to why I want to work for Jack Conti and, and Patreon, and he never responded, so I'm very sad. But this is their way of competing with Patreon. And, you know, this is the first time I saw it, and I got him like, okay, this is cool. This is a little cool. It's a little bit cheaper than $4.99 a month. It doesn't, I don't, I haven't seen any more of these, but I wonder if there's going to be like different tiers and you're going to be able to sell gear. And, and the advantage to, you know, having, YouTube, like you already have your audience, your audience isn't gonna flock somewhere else. So it's a form of retaining people back on YouTube and they're owned by Google. So they're, they obviously have money to bleed out of anywhere they want to. It's whatever their choice of bleeding is, they can, they're able to do that. I mean, that's what Amazon did for a very long time when they were selling books, you know, they were not making any revenue on their books and that's how they destroyed the book market that's why so many barnes and nobles and what was the other one barnes and nobles and see i get all dramatic and then i forget um but barnes and nobles shut down and what else shut down it was like a bunch of mom and pop shops also shut down which i mean that's and you know i'm, I'm getting tongue-tied because it's a very interesting situation where someone has so much money and Patreon has been there and they do listen to their audience like Patreon and you know Jack Conti has been up with Casey Neistat and talked about a commission between 368 and um, and Patreon and to be honest like I don't like I love YouTube and I think it's really great I mean we all panicked because YouTube shut down like 30 40 minutes ago but the it's not organic and Patreon is all about the creator and all about how they can make money in the new digital age. And Jack Conti is a, someone that I see his vision, but and he's an individual and obviously has a team and he has a whole bunch of probably ideas. But this doesn't seem organic to me. And it's just like, okay, you're just trying to compete and you have money and you're able to do this. And okay, that's cool, but why? Like, what is the message? What is, why do you care? Like at the end of the day, YouTube is a massive, you know, competitor and a massive corporation. I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, Patreon doesn't want to make money. Obviously they want to make money, but Jack Conti has a vision and I believe in that vision. And again, this might be another YouTube, I was going about to call it RedTube. <laughs> another, uh, you know, it might just be another YouTube 
uh, YouTube exclusive where eh, like a portion is like, oh yeah, this is kind of cool and kind of worth it, but it's not going to be the original. It's not going to be a Twitch. Again, that's why some of these, um, that's why Twitch and Patreon kind of stand alone. And even though you might create like a replicable um, image or a replicable item or service, it's not the original. Um, and that's, that's what I'm kind of saying. Like, when it comes to YouTube being down, they are the first organic place where content creators are kind of given this opportunity to make money from their products and their content. Hopefully that, that made sense. Um, but now we're gonna move on to, uh, we're gonna save the harsh topic, which is highlight makers are, I mean, we're not highlight, we're not, my generation is a bunch of highlight makers and not storytellers, but right now we're gonna talk about the book Thirst because Scott Harrison, if you're listening, what's up, man? You're very inspirational. Um, so so we're gonna talk about the book Thirst by Scott Harrison right now. And um, you know, I, I, this is a book that, um, <laughs> the reason I bought it was because um, he tweeted at me and I'm all like, I, I tweeted Casey Neistat, he didn't respond. Casey, you didn't respond? You know, if you're ever listening to this in the future, like in five years, like this will be weird because I'm throwing shade right now. But anyways, I'm like, do any of the proceeds go to Cherry Water? And he's like, and then he, and like the CEO of Cherry Water is like, yeah, 100% of the proceeds go to Cherry Water. And I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. And then he's like, yeah, send the receipt to, um, I forgot, but you can look at the tweet, the twit, tweet. Uh, I'll put it down below this, uh, this announcement. And okay i'm like i'll buy it and it is a book that i have not been able to put down i've read a lot of autobiographies on my boy elon and you know and rich roll and this is this is a really impactful amazing sort of a story of redemption and really taking that when one eighty degree turn and showing that like giving is a gift and you know, it's, you know, I'm not, so like, let's start off with something that I didn't think I was going to enjoy so much, and it's kind of like a talk about, like, religion and faith, I'm like, okay, he's gonna, um, you know, when he first mentioned that, they were a very Christian family, and, you know, I'm not the biggest, like, oh, like, I'm super, like, religious and stuff, but um, the way he portrayed his faith and his religion and how it brought him up and how it raised and you know, he was sort of this young boy who was like the good, good, goody, goody boy. Um, I think the way that he interpreted his faith and kind of puts it into the book is something that I really want to pay attention to and it's vital. And he puts it in a way where it is like, oh, wow, this is something really gorgeous and organic. And I can, I can see why you always draw back to this. And I really enjoy that part about the book. You know, it just shows the power of a good book, kind of changing your perception about someone, and really Charity Water's mission statement of bringing clean water to everybody. I made a, a YouTube video um, talking about, you know, the powerful images before I even read the book, and it just kind of shows the power of photography. Uh, you know, you can you can check it out on my YouTube. It's it was really crazy because I also talked to Chase Jarvis that day, and it was just two great things kind of lining themselves up you know rejection and how do you make that 180 and two stories that really caught my attention you know the the whole book 
I haven't been able to put it down. I, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my God, this is like 350 pages, but I've been entertained every single page, every single moment to me has been organic. It's been like a true story. And this, and this, and this book is just like, wow, it's anybody can do anything that they set their mind to with a little faith. And um, there were two stories that uh, really caught my attention. Um, as always, reading the book, which was uh, Rachel's Lads Fundraiser, you know, a, a nine-year-old who wanted to give um, her ninth birthday to, ch- to Charity Water. And, you know, she, I believe she wanted to raise $300, came 220 and uh, came short, you know. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're probably disappointed when you come up short and you don't know how to deal with failure. And, you know, like a, like a month later... You know, she passed away in a car accident and individuals, you know, saw that her last wish was to give money to Charity Water. So others, you know, kids wouldn't start, they wouldn't, you know, drink this water, this really, like, water that you wouldn't feed your dog, like, make your dog drink, you know, and it, uh, and she raised over a million dollars and it was like this really crazy story and she's very remembered in all these villages and that story was really impactful and it, it, I'm just like wow there is it's all a bunch of small acts of kindness that really come together and bring forth change um, and then there's there's this there's this uh, donation during someone else's birthday which says an 89 year old woman named Nona asked her friends to pony up $89 saying she wanted to help people in Africa celebrate as many birthdays as she had and you know I, I, I really think that's that really made me think a lot about yeah it's true we on our birthdays we get random stuff that we're probably not gonna you know buy or I mean use or spend like what do like I talk about this during the video about how you know we all we already have so much stuff and we live in the top one percent of the world and it was you know to see to read these books and to read these letters and to see a stop process um, and really see the struggle of what it means to really give 100% of your proceeds and nearly going bankrupt and you know it's you think that these charities it, it changed my view on charities too I'm just like wow charities like you said people are skeptical about charities and I'm just like yeah I'm pretty skeptical about it but to see someone basically like try to pull their hair out trying to keep this one having like you know 89k I believe like a hundred it was a lot of money basically and having a second account to raise money and to have like overhead which means like all the payments all the payroll your checks basically to separate them to go bankrupt with money in the bank that's just like that takes a lot of integrity and a lot of dedication and I like personally as someone that's you know like trying to do this thing and being a content creator and you know trying to make a living off of this I can learn a lot from that you know it's there's gonna be times where you're gonna get you're gonna clock out or it's gonna clock out and then like just as much faith as you have in your art you should have faith in like God karma and the forces of the universe right and you know there's it's like a story about not giving up too and really when I'm pretty young and you know this guy had it all I think a lot of, you know, males my age would like to have his life and party it up, but 
to be spiritually broken. And I don't mean that in like a religious way. I mean that in a, you know, you're, you're, you, you feel like a piece of shit, you know, like a, like a piece of shit. And if you felt like that, I think a lot of us would be stuck in saying that it's very impossible for us to make that 180. But this go this dude sold everything and like broke a lease a month off before. So it's like I've I've not been able to put down in a week. I've had I have other books to read, obviously, because I'm super intelligent. And I graduated college with that, and uh, and um, it's just a book that I don't think your political views will matter. It's a book for every color, creed race you know and it's it's a book that I think will benefit anybody that reads it and um, I'm super happy that I bought it so and it's great that I made it the New York Times bestseller list and I think it deserves all the praise and more you know as someone that's that <laughs> that uh just graduated college it is definitely a lifter and I, I think it's a book that I'm gonna keep for a very long time I'm not I don't plan on setting it down and you know I'd, I'd like to do my own part for, uh, charity water because yeah, I applied for a few jobs so <laughs> Scott if you're, uh, if you're hearing this um, there's very few CEOs that I really really respect that have shown that mark like Elon Musk and Jack Conti and Casey Neistat and who really put all their values and when when they're about to clock out that's when miracles happen and uh, yeah you know really awesome story read it would highly suggest it. Give it a 10 out of 10. Um, but yeah. Okay, now we're going to move on to why my generation is a bunch of highlight makers and not storytellers. And I, I feel like I talk quite a bit. Sorry if you hear that ding. It's just making sure that uh, my phone doesn't go on standby. Like I said, I, I don't think I said it in my last podcast, but I'm going to try to invest in some really nice mics so I can... So this just like the quality sounds a lot better. Um, not only that, you can probably hear stuff in the background. I have like a blanket over me, so I can't, so like there's less echo and stuff. But um, I just want to talk about this because I've been trying to sort of create this story. And the word, like I said, the word story is overutilized by marketers and people and individuals who don't really tell a story they tell highlights. And I think that's very representative of our time um, with social media. You know, you only show the highlight. You only show the good stuff. You only show when you're having a good time, when, you know, you've reached this level of success, but you don't tell the struggle that comes along with it. And I say this because most videos are super simple to make. You put a song, you do some fancy transitions, and you show the good stuff and the most wild times. And to me, that's that's not a story like there's no development there's no beginning middle and end there's no you know there's a struggle here there's a struggle there and I really don't like that people use the word story when they're not tell they're, they're telling the highlight it's just something that really bugs me because a story is something that's precious a story is something that's passed down from generation to generation that's told and people awe and wonder and you know like like a big scale production like or Gump, you know, you, you wonder how this movie was made and how it took so long to make. And, you know, you think about all the moving parts that it needs to be cohesive, to grab your attention for those two hours. And our generation's so used to, and when I say our generation, I mean my millennials, like 
we're so used to this three to four minute clip that has no narrative, that has no, you know, impactful impact on society, that has no individual who's important to the world that nobody has heard about. And, you know, just a bunch of, you know, upbeat music. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making highlights. It just, it's just boring. It's just annoying. It's just something that I don't find to be, you know, um, um, really entertaining. Like I've, I've seen so many, I've seen the exact same transition, the exact same uh, scribble, the same wiggle effect. This, it's like, I, like at some, like there's a saying that you gotta play, like you gotta play, like um, there's a saying you gotta play like others before you can play your, like yourself. And I don't mean you gotta play yourself. Like, at, but at some point, you know, and it, it's, it's something that I've learned over six years of making photos and you know like three years of making videos is that it's true like at some point you can't copy the same transition you can't try to copy the same color grade and at what point is it art and what play at what point is it replication and highlights this with the exact same movement transition gear um you know just it's just you know it's just a cookie cutter form and I, I really challenge, I'm, I'm challenging myself to not only create something short, but something that will grab people's attention. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just not entertained anymore. Like, to some extent, highlights are boring. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I want to see a struggle. I want to see people overcome that struggle and grasp me and tell me why this is important to humanity. Um, but really, that, that was kind of my rant. I, did, I really don't have too much to say. Um, but that's it. I've been rambling on for like 26 minutes and hopefully this time it uploads because, you know, I just, I complain a lot about the anchor and user interface because it should be prettier. I mean, an entire video about, I don't think I, I don't think I was really too much, too bothered with it. Um, but yeah, like, oh man, it's just like some points I'm like, have I, has this been uploaded and has this been... I don't know, man. They just gotta make it look prettier. I don't think... I don't know. Maybe because I thought it was a fresh look. But it's just gonna be like... You know, Anchor, if you're listening to this... Just... Um, try to make your user interface a little bit better. Because there's been like multiple times... Where I've recorded like a 30 minute podcast. And then I delete it by accident. And it's because you guys keep on switching everything up. But... Um, yeah, that's it. That's all, you know... Um, if I could tell you one thing is, you know, go and buy the book Thirst by, um, by Scott Harrison. Um, and yeah, let, let, let me know what y'all think. It's all the proceeds go to Charity Water and it is a great foundation. 100% of the proceeds go. I'm not getting paid to say this. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Ozzy Hongos and I'll catch you in the next one.